This Knowledge at Wharton podcast was produced in conjunction with NIIT Technologies. For more information, please visit NIIT-tech.com. Big data and predictive analytics are creating a big buzz across industries. They are seen as critical tools for making fast and accurate business decisions and a huge source of competitive advantage. In this interview with Knowledge at Wharton, Sudhir Chattaverdi, Chief Operating Officer of NIIT Technologies, suggests that to derive maximum benefit from these new technologies, companies need to first define the business outcome that they want. So our guest today is Sudhir Chaturvedi, uh, Chief Operating Officer of NIIT Technologies. Sudhir, welcome. Thank you, Mukul. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, so there's a lot of buzz today about big data and predictive analytics. Uh, could we begin by speaking about what these terms mean and some of the reasons why they have become so popular? Sure. So you probably read this piece of research that 2.5 quintillion bytes of data are created every day. That's 2.5 exabytes of data. And that is a lot of information that is created on a daily basis. And a lot of this information is is in in very different formats, you know, uh, and most common for corporates, you know, most commonly they refer to it as internal data or external data or structured data and unstructured data. So today, the source of data are several, you know, today with sensors, with GPS signals, you, the number of sources of data have, have expanded exponentially. And together, when you put this data together, that leads to, you know, data, which we call big data, mostly because of the quantum of the data, the velocity at which this data is created, and the variety in which this data exists. When it comes to predictive analytics, that's a bit simpler to explain because you know, and I'll use a Wayne Gretzky quote to explain this. Uh, Wayne Gretzky said that uh, I skate to where the puck is going to be rather than where, the, where it has been. And that's really predictive analytics. You know, don't tell me what's already happened and why it happened. Tell me what's going to happen and what should I do about it. And these two topics sit very well together because predictive analytics relies on big data to be able to make more better and more accurate predictions about where, you know, certain dis- where businesses are going to have to make certain decisions. So building on that, I mean, if you were to look at how companies in different industries are using predictive analytics, uh, could you explain a little bit how they are integrating data that is generated both inside and outside the enterprise uh, to do things that you couldn't do in the past? Absolutely. Actually, the first thing is that, you know, the good thing is that almost every industry now understands the importance of big data and predictive analytics and is spending a lot of time and effort on this. I still think that some of them are doing a great job, but the majority have, you know, a, a, some way to go. Uh, mainly because, you know, there is, even within enterprises today, there is a lot of data that is, uh, you know, you'll he- uh, I hear clients of mine telling me things like, you know, the quality of data is not good. It's in too many places. We have too much duplication. We, you know, we have too many owners of data. There are too many silos. So, and in, what that engenders is a bit of a mistrust of data, which is interesting because you know we talk about increasingly about decision-driven organizations in in the world of business and decision-driven organizations led by data, but organizations seem to have an issue with the data that already exists within the enterprise, which is reasonably structured. And there are good reasons for these misgivings. You know, this, you know they're not wrong. Uh, 
so but the point is you know what do you do about it especially when you add a whole lot of external data to it you know especially data that comes out of social media i don't know if people realize but every time somebody tweets something they're actually sending 21 different pieces of information in one tweet you know how do you integrate that information with what you already have and and when you overlay that with sensors and other data that you're getting from you know from other sources then it it becomes quite a complex thing now that's the sort of you know to paint a picture of the complexity and why people find it difficult to really, you know, have made it, found it difficult till now to really make big strides. But what I'm seeing is that firstly, the technology is much better than it used to be a few years ago. So actually, the technology's ability to deal with the complexity is great. So in fact, and that's the first step because, you know, we can create data structures that are easy to use. We can run algorithms on it, which are, you know, fairly simple to use. But the issue that still remains is business is still trying to figure out what can this do for me. So what I see is sometimes, and to me this is, you know, when I meet clients and if a client tells me, you know, I've got all this data, why doesn't it tell me something? Then that's a red flag for me because, you know, it's like, um, you know, sort of to court, you know, sort of TV crime dramas, you know, if you torture anything enough, it'll confess, right, <laughs> to something. But will it really confess to what you wanted to confess to is a question that, that can equally be asked of data. So what's most important for corporations is to actually try and figure out what is it that they want from that data. You know, first define the actionable business outcome that they want. And once that has been defined, and that needs to be defined at a level of granularity so that a person who is on the field and who needs to make a decision based on that predictive you know, insight is able to do so. That's what I call an actionable business outcome. So in a way, corporations, you know, in order to use big data better, they actually need to think small instead of thinking big and think granular in terms of what is it that they're really looking to do. And even if they do it in four or five instances and they do it really well in terms of actionable business outcomes, they're going to get much more value out of it than they would if they just looked at the entire quantum of data and wondered what can I do from this. So I wonder if we could take uh, a couple of examples from different industries uh, how, uh, and how this plays out over there. Absolutely. In fact, you know, one of the best examples that I've seen more recently is in the insurance space. Which, you know, the insurance industry has more data than, you know, you can shake a stick at, but has traditionally been a little, you know, circumspect in the terms of how they've used the data. But, you know, today we're working with clients, for example, who, you know, if you're for home insurance, all you need to do is enter your postcode. You enter your postcode and your, your home number. It gives you an instant quote. You don't need to fill any data there. Now, is this possible today? I mean, uh, is, is the insurance company taking a risk? They're actually not, because the amount of data that is available from a postcode perspective that gives you a very good idea about the risk that you carry is tremendous. It's about whether you have the ability to put that together and present it you know, back in such a powerful way that someone enters a postcode and within you know, nanoseconds they're getting back a quote. And you know, thereafter, of course, there is you know, a process to go through whereby, you know, especially if there are claims that are outstanding or things like that, where you'd refine the quote. But in general, you know, these clients are also offering a guarantee that their final quote will be within 10% of the, of the quick quote that they're offering. And this is in the, in, you know, in the consumer space, but I'm also seeing this in the commercial space where the stakes are much higher. But actually, if you think about it, in commercial spaces, the level of information that's available is much more. You know, if you encode, take all the data that's available around insurance already in different markets, you know, which building has been insured, at what prices, at what points in time, and by whom, and overlay that with 
weather data that's available over that they you know with data that's available around uh, from Google around uh, you know which is integrated with some things that we do around geocoding around street view etc suddenly you find that there is a lot more information available where you can marry structured and unstructured data together and provide a much better service to a client because a client can then make quicker decisions you know etc so this is in the insurance industry and I can sort of give you several examples of where great things are happening but one thing that one of the big things that I see you know I, I have a financial services background and one of the things in financial services is is in fact it applies to many industries is how do you take you know account for customer churn you know how do you predict customer churn because a lot of churn happens without people even realizing that it's happened you know uh, and it's one of those things that you know every all of us know that it's sort of seven times more expensive to get a new client than to keep an existing one but yet you see almost every industry spends all its efforts getting new clients rather than keeping existing ones and it is not very good at predicting which of the existing ones is going to leave and this whole thing about churn prediction today again once you marry the structured data that is already within the enterprise with data from outside and you put some you know algorithms around human behavior which are which are well proven now you can actually start to predict churn in a very good way now you can look at it from two perspectives you can either you know, look at it from a competitive perspective where you can predict somebody else's churn and use that as a lead generation engine for yourself to see how you can get more customers or you can use it within the enterprise to say you know how do i reduce my churn and you'll come up with hypotheses but the thing that we are saying in churn reduction provided you're small for example you're a wealth manager who's looking at you know uh, sort of college fund investments you know you know there is a very finite time in which this investment is going to be used uh, and then you're worried that you know that the churn might happen in the middle because of performance now that's a very specific case now you can predict churn more accurately in those kind of cases rather than predicting across a whole universal set of all customers that a bank or a you know an insurance company might have so that's what i meant going back to the previous point i made when you think of big data think small think granular find out these kind of you know ex- things business outcomes that you want to influence and then work around it and there are solutions that are available today to help you you know do the right thing mostly for your customers actually you know you do the right things by them and eventually you will benefit too exactly now uh, in your experience when uh, companies try to implement some of these projects what are some of the most common pitfalls that you have seen uh, that they are prey to well actually the thing is you know because this is an area where you know if you think about it companies are traditionally structured around you know people who do functions you know line functions or staff functions there are people who in usually in finance or you know who do the measurements etc you know we companies aren't really structured to be data driven you know so one of the things is that there is a, you know companies need to look at how they they work on this in in this area within every part of the enterprise so one of the things that i would recommend is that creating teams of people you know cross functional teams of people where somebody brings in you know the deep business expertise that is needed to find out that granular granular level of you know business outcome that you want to influence you need to bring in data scientists you know statisticians and mathematicians to help you with this and you need a technology team to also you know make sure that this data is you know available for this you know the mathematicians statisticians and the business experts to work on it and i would say you know that every organization needs to look at creating these cross functional teams in its areas where it wants to influence 
you know, those kind of business outcomes. And that's an investment that will need to be made. I would not advise having this as a separate function for the entire organization, because then you are more likely to get into that thing that I mentioned earlier. You know, I've got all this data. Why isn't it telling me something? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Now, uh, in your own personal experience, uh, what instances have you seen of value generated by judicious use of big data and predictive analytics. Yeah, in fact, you know, going back to the example that I talked about quick quotes, uh, this is something that we're doing for one of our clients. And that's already, it's it's been up for about four months now, and that's already resulted in 10% more, you know, uh, bookings than before. Another example is, you know, we, uh, we also have an insurance uh, products business in our company. We, we work with some clients. And, you know, one of the things that we've seen in insurance is that, you uh, you know, as investment incomes have come down because, you know, interest rates, et cetera, have been fairly low, uh, the need to make an underwriting profit is is become more paramount. Now, you would imagine that most insurance companies exist to make an underwriting profit. We'd be surprised how, how many don't make a significant underwriting profit. But the thing in underwriting is that, you know, previously underwriters looked at, you know, maybe 25, 30 variables to come up with you know, underwriting decisions on insurance. Now you can, you know, in theory, look at infinite number of variables to come up with the same. And what we are saying is, you know, judicious use of that can lead to, in some cases, we're using, seeing, you know, a 10% uplift or reduction in the loss ratio, uh, you know, depending on where clients were to begin with. That is very, very significant. It could mean the big, you know, difference between making a significant underwriting profit versus a significant loss. But again, You know, I keep going back to the point that people are choosing very specific areas within their business where they want to influence the outcome and then using the data to arrive at that, you know, outcome. Now, if we were to uh, look at a crystal ball and look at the future, uh, where where, where do you think this whole, uh, uh, you know, field of uh, predictive analytics and, and big data is going to go in the future? Well, I think it's only going to get bigger, you know, uh, especially now that, you know, we've got, see, there is, a. we talked about 2.5 quintillion bytes of data already available. Now, as the Internet of Things becomes a, a reality and as devices talk, start to talk to each other, as, you know, things like wearables, for example, become a, you know, a daily part of our lives, what we will see is an explosion of multiple forms of, uh, you know, or another set of data that is coming into the enterprise. So I think this space is only going to increase. What I would say is that, you know, there is, it, it can be a huge source of competitive advantage, and you don't need to worry about the technology complexity. The, the technology complexity is actually the easiest part in this. What you really need to focus on as an organization is, you know, what is that outcome that I want, you know, what is my business strategy predicated on, what are the successful business outcomes I want, define that in a granular manner, and then go after it and use data to see how you make better decisions in the market. So thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you, Mukul. It was a pleasure. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.